Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think that's what the next seven weeks is really going to tell us, is what what do the Steelers have in Kenny Pickett? You know, all season long it's been fire Canada, fire Canada, fire Canada. Okay, Canada's gone. He's been replaced by a legitimate former NFL offensive coordinator calling plays in Mike Sullivan. You know, he's won two Super Bowls as the offensive coordinator. Let's see. You know, is it really was it really Matt Canada at this point? And we're we're gonna find out. I, I wrote about it this week that I think these next five games line up really well for Pittsburgh to find out what they have with him. You know, some some down opponents, some opponents that the teams aren't playing very well. And uh and we'll see what they've got. But I, I do believe that this was a decision that probably should have been made several weeks ago. But at this point, it's just Christmas for the fans. It they're is. excited. You know, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna get a hammer on Tomlin too hard for for waiting as long as he did because he actually finally pulled the trigger on it and did it. Hey there, welcome into the show and happy Thanksgiving. Ryan O'Leary here playing host. It's great to have you with us. I'm joined as always by the managing editor of the Steelers Wire, Kurt Popejoy. Kurt, nothing to talk about this week, right? Just a normal week for you nope. going into the long holiday weekend? Nice. I'm so glad it's a nice, quiet week with the with the holiday. It's it's great that there's no news. So, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I think you all know what we're going to be talking about on this one. The Steelers fire Matt Canada. So uh, Steelers fans everywhere rejoicing, Kurt. This has been a big week for Steelers fans. They've been chanting yeah. this at Mike Tomlin in the stadium, in the grocery store, wherever they see Tomlin or or anyone affiliated with the Steelers, right? This is something that the fans wanted. It might be something that the players wanted. Uh, and maybe you could give your opinion on that yeah. as well. But I know Mike Tomlin came out this week. He said the decision was his and his alone. I know you're not buying that, so let's lead off there. Well, wh- why now for Matt Canada when it didn't seem to this point that the Steelers were going to make an in-season move? Yeah, I, I don't believe I, I don't believe for a second that this was this was uh, Mike Tomlin's decision alone. I think that if if he had really the the rationale he used when he talked to the media on Tuesday applied the week before the bye week. I mean, the, the re, his reasoning behind it was no different than he he was getting the same questions, you know, five weeks into the season that he was getting nine weeks into the season. So the team was not scoring points. Um, you know, the, the, they can't move the football. They, they can't, you know, they can run the ball a little bit, but I mean, we're talking about two games basically where they've been able to run the ball um, I, I firmly believe that, that Mike Tomlin, because he came out during the bye week and said, there will be no coaching changes this season. The franchise, you know, in the, in the history of this franchise, there's never been an assistant, you know, a coordinator outright fired in season. They've had some that have, that have been stripped like of, of duties and things like that and kept on till the end of the season, things like that. But there's never been a, a coach like this terminated from the Steelers in season. So you know, I just I feel like ownership, general manager, somebody had to step in and say, "Hey, we got a first round quarterback here, and he's he's getting whipped by a by a rookie who who has no business playing as well as him. 
we we've committed to this kid. We've got to get somebody in here who can who can maximize at least find out what we've got. I think that's what the next seven weeks is really going to tell us is what what do the Steelers have in Kenny Pickett? You know, all season long it's been fire Canada, fire Canada, fire Canada. Okay, Canada's gone. He's been replaced by a legitimate former NFL offensive coordinator calling plays in Mike Sullivan. You know, he's won two Super Bowls as the offensive coordinator. Let's see. You know, is it really was it really Matt Canada at this point? And we're we're gonna find out. I, I wrote about it this week that I think these next five games line up really well for Pittsburgh to find out what they have with him. You know, some some down opponents, some opponents that the teams aren't playing very well. And uh and we'll see what they've got. But I, I do believe that this was a decision that probably should have been made several weeks ago. But at this point, it's just Christmas for the fans. It they're is. excited. You know, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna get a hammer on Tomlin too hard for for waiting as long as he did because he actually finally pulled the trigger on it and did it. You know, now Steelers fans can find something else to be disgruntled about. Basically <laughs> they'll find how something. we operate. So they'll yeah, find something. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fair to question the motives there. Was it, did the, you know, the Rooney step in, you know what I mean? Like it's totally possible, but I want to applaud Tomlin because I don't know when Ken Dorsey was fired a couple of weeks ago to Kurt, I was like, Oh, they're making him the scapegoat. What are you doing? But then you, yeah. you think about it. And I know the Bills looked a lot better against the Jets and whatever. I don't think that was all because Joe Brady was calling the plays for the Bills in that game. But I just think no. you, at least you tried something. You know, even if you had to create a, st- a scapegoat, you, you did something. And for the Steelers, just, yeah, for them to just sit there and not do anything, Kurt, I mean, that would have been, been pretty damning, right? If, the, if this season, good. if they would have you know, fizzled out, maybe not made the playoffs or had a quick exit, that would have been, and then moved on from Canada in the offseason. It would been like that would have been pretty damning. So at least they're trying something. I think that's uh, that's kind of my I take think, on it. I think you're I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I would rather see them, and I wrote about this when I talked about what to expect. Don't expect this offense to suddenly become the Dolphins. That that's not what this move is about. You know, they're not they're not gonna come out this weekend and score 40 points and have that 400 yards of offense. But you're you're absolutely right. The fans need to look at this and go, they did something. Tomlin made a move. He didn't just follow the same line that he's been kind of, you know, these these talking points that he just spits out week after week after week when the offense can't score any points. So, you know, just like the Raiders did, you know, the Raiders cleaned house, got somebody yep. in there to motivate the players, got them to play a little harder. That That's what fans want to see. The fans, the fans, I, I personally think Steelers fans are okay if Pittsburgh doesn't win every week, but the last couple of months, it didn't even look like they were putting up a fight. And I think they're okay with not winning every game if it looks like they went out and did everything they could to try to win and came up short. But that game last week against the Browns, they were playing not to lose from the first snap of the game. You know, and this that team is not a team, you know, and uh, that, that offense was not an offense you go out and play not to lose against. And that was that was tough to watch. I mean, I've watched a lot of a lot of Steelers football. And that game to me was one of the toughest to watch. Um, I mean, the game itself was tough to watch because neither offense could do anything um, until the last drive of the game. But I think, I think Steelers fans need to be very happy that, that Mike Tomlin made a move for better or worse. We're going to, we're going to see what happens over the next seven weeks. Yeah. That game against the Browns, Kurt, nine punts, nine. I mean, that is a huge number. I mean, the Steelers lead the league in punts per game. Uh, they're up around six even 
per game, and yeah. that's a lot of punts. But that's usually the max you'll see an NFL team have in a game is, is six. That's a really high number. That's a that's yeah. a high number to be your average. Nine in one game, it's their season high. Uh, that was unbelievable. Ten points, two drives ended in a score. The rest were punts. Uh, and, and you kind of felt it after the game, too. Did you did you sense anything? I think I think what we saw is the same thing that probably Tomlin saw. The, the, the players were there was dissension among the players. You know, I think Mike Tomlin felt like if I keep this going, I'm, I'm losing my locker room at some point. You know, I can't keep protecting this one guy at the expense of all my players. And I think we saw that post game. I think Najee Harris was about two breaths away from just tearing into to Matt Canada. Seemed that way. In that in that post game, I mean it was all he's a pretty you know, he speaks his mind anyway and so you could just see that he was just kind of seething to want to say something and he was not going to be alone. I think had, had Najee Harris spoken up, it probably would have just opened the floodgates and and forced Tomlin's hand and so I think he read the room and realized, "Hey, I'm, I'm losing my players and I've got too much talent on this team, you know, too much talent on the offensive side of the football to continue to, to do this. Yeah. They still have a season six and four. And as you mentioned, this, the schedule yeah. is gettable, especially with Burrow out, which we'll get to here, but we have, we have plenty to get to Kurt. It's going to be, I got a six pack of questions for you on the Steelers, right. on the NFL, on Thanksgiving holiday. You haven't been prepped on these. We're going to do it here right after the break. But first, let's get some fantasy advice from TheHuddle.com. Corey Bonini with TheHuddle.com here to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week number 12. Quarterback Gardner Minshew, Indianapolis Colts versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Coming out of the bye week, Minshew will be at home taking on a Bucs defense that has allowed the fourth most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks on the season. No team has given up more per game in the last five weeks. Every quarterback but rookie Will Levis has posted at least 250 yards and 22 fantasy points in that time. Three of those guys went for 30 or more points, and Josh Allen is the only name on that list anyone drafted as a quarterback one. Minshew should be a rock-solid starter this week. Running back Isaiah Pacheco, Kansas City Chiefs at Las Vegas Raiders. In the last five games, the Raiders have allowed 594 rushing yards and five ground scores, giving up five catches for 42.8 yards through the air in that time. One of those 25 receptions found the end zone as well. Pacheco's opponent has allowed 12 double-digit PPR producers on the air, and he is poised to make it a baker's dozen. Wide receiver Brandon Cooks, Dallas Cowboys versus Washington Commanders. Fresh off his best game in years, Cooks wasn't needed versus Carolina as the Cowboys scored 33 points with him catching just three passes for 42 yards. He has been a little erratic and reliant on finding the end zone in the past five weeks, but three of his outings in that time have gone for at least 14 PPR points. He should feast on a Washington defense that has surrendered a touchdown per game on average in the last five contests. And 16 wide receivers have produced double-digit fantasy points, with nine of them going for at least 18. Tight end Kate Auden, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Indianapolis Colts. With at least four receptions in four of his last five games, Auden is a solid play against the Colts, who have given up 16.2 PPR points per game to tight ends over the last five weeks. For context, in that time, this matchup is 30.1% easier than the league average. Give him a look if you have an underperforming starter or an injured star. Happy Thanksgiving from everyone at The Huddle. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, as I mentioned, a six-pack of Thanksgiving Day-flavored questions for you. Kurt, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so we all know question number one. Yeah, question number one. We all know who the fans want to replace Matt Canada. That would be Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, so that's who we know. We've talked about that. Give me a quick take on why Roethlisberger would work as the OC, Kurt, and why it would would fail. 
right? Give me, give me two takes on that real quick. You know, I think it would work only because he would be absolutely beloved by the players. You know, there's a lot of players on that team that played with him when he was the quarterback. And so I think, I think he brings a lot of reputation. I think he would bring a lot of cachet to the position. I think players respected him when they played with him. I think they would respect him as their coach. You know, you've heard players talk about how when, um, when uh, calls would come in from the sideline and Ben would like, no, we're not calling that. We're doing this. And he would just kind of take it and it'd be a great play. And so <laughs> I think in that sense, I think what he brings to the table in terms of his reputation and his career would, would definitely serve him well. I think the reason it wouldn't work is because, you know, he's just a little close to the situation maybe. Um, I, I I just wonder how invested he would be in, in, in wanting that type of a position. You know, I know he does his podcasts and he watches live as they, you know, he does his live streams during the game and, and offers commentary and things like that. But I I just don't know. I, 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 and I'm not saying that he's not, um, he's not proficient in the modern NFL, but you know, Ben only led the league in passing one time you know, for all the great plays he made and that he played a pretty conservative system. And, and I'm just not sure. I think people would kind of get a little stale with what he wanted to do too, but I think it would have more to do with the fact that I'm just not sure being the, you know, for, for at least one generation, the greatest player probably in franchise history coming into, to run the offense. I'm just not sure first time things went sideways for him. I'm just not sure how he would handle that because the fans would turn on him. And I just, I wouldn't want to see that happen. Yeah, that, that makes, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking too. Like it would help if Ben was like, he wanted to be a coach and he was already on the sidelines with some type of team, college or pro. Yeah. And he'd be seeing the game through that lens a little bit right now. He's just on the couch kind of ripping everyone. Right. So like, it's, uh, yeah, he just kind of sits there offering up commentary. You know, he's like all of us. He just has a, has a different perspective on it. You know, if, if Steelers want a former, you know, if Steelers fans want a former Steelers quarterback to be their OC, Byron Leftwich, you know, is basically mm-hmm. leaving Mike Tomlin weekly voicemails about. <laughs> he wants in. So there, there's a position, there's a there's a former Steelers quarterback out there willing to, you know, willing to come run the offense. So I don't think it needs to be Ben. A couple more weeks, we might just see if they can hire Josh Dobbs to run the offense. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, or have him play quarterback. <laughs> Why not? Uh, yeah, yeah but no big, joke. Big Ben, I just want to be a fly in the wall. Big Ben shows up as the off- offensive coordinator, and Najee Harris looks at him oh and goes, hey, God. man, I heard what you said on your podcast. Go F yourself. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's just uh, it's a funny one. But yeah, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, I mean, there's some sports books that have stats out there and of course they think Faulkner and Sullivan are the are the favorites mm-hmm. but Roethlisberger is also on the list so we'll keep an eye on that yeah uh question yeah. number two Kurt what is your favorite stat from the Mad Canada run with the Steelers right for example I've read that they had 26 opening possession punts in his in his time yeah. uh you I think you hit on that they never had 400 yards of net offense under him yards, which is yeah. which is wild only three wins by more than one score during his tenure uh, so they never blow anyone out. We've hit on that too. What's your favorite stat during this run? That's probably doesn't look so good for Canada. You know, and and this kind of doubles up on on Kenny Pickett too, but the fact that 
the quarterback for the Giants, DeVito, has more yep. multi-touchdown games than Kenny Pickett does. Oh God, yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> you know, that's that's a that's a tough one to swallow. That that Tommy DeVito or whatever his name is has more multi-touchdown games than Kenny Pickett at this point in his career. The tank top you know, so. wielding Jersey Shore boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that, that to me is probably the hardest one. You know, the, the fact that, that Kenny Pickett just can't get in the end zone with the Matt Canada offense, anything related to, to touchdowns. But the, when I saw that pop up last week after I guess DeVito had three scores or something like that. Yeah. And it says that he now has more multi touchdown games than Kenny Pickett does in his career. And that, that, that was a hard one for me to swallow. That one's painful. That one is painful. All right. Question number three. I like that one. Question number three, where do you rank Thanksgiving, Kurt, on just the list of major holidays each year? Like where, where does it rank for you? That's third on our list in my family. We, we always put Christmas at the top and we're a big Halloween family. So we always put Halloween ahead of Thanksgiving and then it's third for me. Um, it's a, it's a good, you know, family holiday. We get, get to see family and things like that. And so it, it always ranks up there pretty high for us, but it'll, you know, you get, get to watch some football and, and things like that. So it, it's, it's definitely third. Um, my, my wife might argue that it's second ahead of Halloween. She doesn't like Halloween near as much as my daughter and I do, but I would, I would definitely put, put Halloween just ahead of it. Yeah. When you, when you have kids, it's Halloween is, is a tough one to top. Yeah, it's big. Uh, and and it's Christmas big. gets really fun too. When you have kids, yeah. um, I'm still, I'm still in the, my wife has a birthday on December 15th and then the Christmas Kurt. And ever mm. since we started dating back in the day, like that's always been a source of anxiety for me, December. Yeah. So Christmas is one I'm still trying to work my way up yeah. to. I think having a two year old is going to help with that. But I, I think Thanksgiving is, it's pretty, it's pretty high up there. It's definitely better than 4th of July. All the, all the fireworks scare my dog. So that one always, oh, I don't like that yeah. So that one, all the neighbors, don't you fire off your fireworks. My dog doesn't yeah. like it. We, uh, we have a similar predicament in my house. My wedding anniversary is January 6th. Okay. And yeah. So yeah. shopping for Christmas and then having to turn around and figure out something for anniversary, you know, a week and a half later I, I, I get the predicament. That's tough. And you don't want to go too big that's, on that's the birthday. moment. Yeah. You don't want to go too big on the birthday to like, you know, sell yourself short on Christmas. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's a whole thing. So maybe Christmas is going to yeah. bad rap by me. Uh, question yeah. number four, true or false, Kurt, this is just a, a gut feeling for you. True or false. Our kids are like the next generation of a football fan, right? Will one day watch an NFL product that has quarterbacks wearing flags, meaning like no more roughing the passer, no more less serious injuries. The, the NFL makes a decision. Defender pulls the flag of the quarterback. The play is dead. Otherwise, football is usual. True or false? That will one day happen. I will say true in the sense that there will at some point be like Pro Bowl rules for quarterbacks. I think, yeah, I, I think true. I think that at some point down the line, the role of the pass rusher will disappear and it will be, yeah, I, I think they will figure out a way to just completely shield quarterbacks from, from anything. It's going to make the job of defenses completely impossible and games are going to be like 60 to 70. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a two year old and I think he'll see quarterbacks wearing flags or something of the like. I, I agree yeah. with you. I think Some kind of a vest Yep, and you touch it, it lights up. And, you know, <laughs> they, it'll have like product placement on it. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to say Subaru on their back when you tag them. Yeah. yeah there'll be something. Something like that. It'll be, be a whole different game, a whole different world for them when they're our age yep. uh, so, or older. Yep. But yeah, that's, I, I totally agree. True. A hundred percent. Um, Question number five, Kurt, if you could invite any NFL coach to your family's Thanksgiving Day dinner, 
Who would it be and why? I would love to have Bill Cower come over. Oh, that's a good one. I, I think Bill Cower is is just one of those guys that I think you could just sit and just, you know, talk football and he could talk probably about anything. And I think he would enjoy a good meal and he's you know, got some chops, I, right? He could fit a lot of turkey oh in that in God. those chops. He could he could he's got some jowls on him. I mean, he can go to town. And so yeah, Bill Cower is the one guy that I've always looked up to and thought, man, if there was ever ever a coach that I would want to like emulate. And, you know, he gets kind of, you know, talk about, you know, like he had to follow Chuck Knoll and took him a little while. And he really only, he didn't have the the greatest success as a, as a coach maybe compared to Noel and, you know, and then Tomlin came in, but uh, Cowers, my guy, he, he would be the one I would want. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, uh, someone like Mike Tomlin or Mike McDaniel, would be hilarious. That'd be the funny guy to have. Uh, for me, McDaniel. wouldn't that be good? Mike McDaniel, yeah. uh, you could just nerd out over analytics over your turkey leg. Uh, yeah. I think my typical family Thanksgiving is usually at my dad's house, a kegger, Kurt, three turkeys, one turkey deep fried. One is just like, yeah. he has a stuffing turkey, quote unquote. He has one turkey just for the stuffing. I don't, I always tell him like that. Uh-huh. That's not a thing. I don't think people do that. He does that. Uh, so it's kind of a part. So I think Andy Reed would fit right in, you know, Andy Reed, he oh, could, he sure. could, he's a fun guy. Sure. He could eat, he could, he would probably be having fun with the keg and all that. Belichick, if you want like a off the, you know, Michael Scott, the office dinner party kind of thing, yeah. awkwardness, yeah. Bill Belichick too. And so I, yeah. As a Patriots fan, I would, because somebody's got to ask him like oh, the question. Oh yeah. Did you really videotape practice? <laughs> yeah. No, you get all the dirt. Exactly. You get things. all the dirt I mean, with you Belichick. You have to ask these things. You would. You and that, <laughs> So, all right. Jim so, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's Jim Mora. Actually, that might be the best answer yet. But Jim Mora, you get him wound up. He'd be a lot of fun. You get him going. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that'd be a good, that'd be a good, good dinner right there. His clips, I will still look him up randomly on YouTube some days just to laugh. He is, he is the best. Oh, uh, God. all right, Kirk, question number six buy or sell the Steelers as a one point road favorite over the Bengals this week. What do you think? I'm buying. I'm buying. I think that this they're I think that this is the week they're gonna come out pretty inspired. You know, I think that uh you're gonna get a you got the got a Bengals team with a new starting quarterback and he didn't look very good last week. And I'm uh I think the the team's gonna come out and rally around Kenny and I'm I I'm buying them this week. I think if there was ever a week to to go all in on Pittsburgh, it might be this one. They may run out of gas after this week and come back down to earth again. But i I like the fa- I, I like them to come in this week and play with a ton of energy and play hard for their coaches and and play hard for each other. And you know, several of them said today they 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 have Kenny Pickett. They're full confidence in Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, if, if Tomlin has taught these guys nothing, it's the next man up. And that's basically what they're what they're going to be doing this week. So I'm buying. Yeah, I think if you're a Steelers fan, Kurt, you're kind of looking at what the Bills did against the Jets. That had been a nemesis for them. And they had a little jolt with the with the coaching change. I think it gets everybody's attention, right? It does. It just gets everybody's mm-hmm. antennas up. And you're just, I don't know, you're a little bit sharper that week. And you know, I don't think, like you said, I don't think the Steelers are going to come out like some prolific offense and be the Dolphins. I thought that was a perfect point earlier. But sometimes the new coach will come in and just tweak something subtly. And I think just using, going back to that Bills example, that Bills had really struggled with the Jets. Josh Allen had really struggled with the Jets. Uh, and I think the game plan was, hey, let's stop forcing it to their awesome cornerbacks. Let's stop forcing it to Stefan yeah. Diggs and Gabe Davis. 
let's attack their linebackers with Dalton Kincaid and the running backs and make the running backs an extension of the run game in the past game. Mm-hmm. And it worked. Mm-hmm. It worked wonders. And they dominated the game. They blew the Jets out. And they had, you know, someone, some guy, journeyman, Ty Johnson. I think he was a former Jet, you know, scoring all kinds of points, catching yeah. passes and all. You yeah. know what I mean? And it was just that subtle little tweak. So what does Mike Sullivan have up his sleeve, right? What little tweak do the Steelers bring to the table? That's that's what I'm wondering. I don't know if you have a take on that, but yeah. I, I think there's going to be gonna, something actually, subtle. I'm going to I'm going to do some breakdowns of kind of what what to expect. Um, I honestly, I mean, we've seen where they've fallen short all season, so that's kind of where I look. I, all you got to do is look at Kenny Pickett's passing chart every week. How about we throw the middle of the field once in a while? Yeah, you know, he acts like that middle of the field's full landmines. You know, <laughs> it I is mean, no no interceptions, Kurt. You can't he can't. Oh, can't throw an interception. But I I think I think Pat Firemuth is another. You know, I think that they're gonna they're gonna get him involved. I I can definitely see that. You know, I can I can see them. You know, adding some twists. I mean, it's not hard to go back and look at the film and go, uh, we really should have done that, or we really should have done that. And you know, pretty pretty blatantly, this was a concept that got missed or a coverage that got missed. And so, yeah, I expect a lot of a lot of little little wrinkles that could turn into maybe three big plays and be enough to win the game. I love it, Kurt. Hey, have a great Thanksgiving weekend with the fan, man. I appreciate you. All right, you too, you yeah. too. And same to all our listeners. Thanks for joining us. Thankful for you all. Have a great Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, Thanks for hanging on on the podcast. Subscribe. Tell a friend. Leave that five-star rating and review. Tell us how much you love Kurt's takes. Uh, And we will catch you on the other side next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.